0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 2 of Unexpected Perception, a podcast that's centered around the exploration and understanding of interesting professions. Today I got to sit down with my longtime friend and tattoo artist, William German. On this episode, we'll be diving into the ins and outs of his experiences becoming a successful tattoo artist. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. William Wilhelm. Anything works. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Of course. That's incredible. Brief backstory. Um, I personally met you. I think it was just right after I turned 18. Uh, there was the very first tattoo parlor I ever went to. Um, preface this. You are a tattoo artist for how many years? Oh man, I, I'd say the same amount of years for
1: quite a few years now. Um, I, I, I started like in 2000 I started tattooing in 2006, but I worked at shops and in the industry since 2003.
0: That was my first tattoo parlor that I actually went into as a legal adult. There yeah. wasn't like a, a backyard sketchy like, hey, you want a tattoo? Yeah. Come over here to the trailer.
1: Yeah, that was a good place to, for that to be your first. That was a good place, I
0: think. I thought at the time, like obviously not knowing you know, anything about anything, but when I came in there, like I thought it was the coolest place in the whole world because of all the, all the cool art, all the cool people. You know all the cool, uh,
1: and I think that's like the sign of a successful tattoo shop. If you can even feel like a snippet of that when you walk in, then whoever's running that place has do- has done their job,
0: dude, for sure. I think I was literally in there probably like every other week, just planning tattoos out or talking about tattoos. Or I was probably so annoying. Um, I don't remember you being annoying, and I usually remember the people that are annoying. So I basically, like what drew me to you into the shop, like your art stood out, and and also like I, I noticed that your personality with clients, you, you were super patient with them and, and you were actually, like, humble and reassuring. And a, as a kid that never had a tattoo that was, you know, done properly in a real shop, that was what was most appealing to me. Like, just as no one that knew anything, like, like oh, this looks, you know, safe and, and this looks, like, solid. It, it made me feel like I was making a really good decision.
1: Yeah. It's funny you should say that because I I always feel like, especially now being working around many tattooers, I feel like the person, the personality type that tattoos, is kind of a contradiction for the job description. I feel like a lot of times, it's the artist, it's the person that's kind of like looking to fulfill their artistic need in their artwork, but really the job is is a service job. You're providing a service for someone else. And very early on, I, I've kind of always felt grateful to my client and the fact that I was able to, you know, have fun and enjoy what I do. Um, and be, you know, financially reimbursed for it. And I mean, I'm happy that they're there. And I know a lot of other tattoo artists, that's not an easy attitude for them to come to because they kind of feel like they want to do their artwork. And the longer I do this as a job, the more I realize like that's not, this is not the job for like an aspiring artist. This is a job for somebody that wants to get paid to make artwork, sure. And sometimes you have the luxury of doing what you want to do, but more often than not, you're going to be following, you know, orders. You know,
0: I, I don't know if this is true. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But what what I've maybe noticed is that sometimes when I see, uh, you know, a, a project that an artist has taken on or a tattoo that someone's done, and they were able to put their own elements of maybe some some inspiration or design work that they had in mind with the client's idea. I feel like more times than not, the tattoo just looks way better on the skin. Like Well, how sure. It's
1: executed. Yeah, 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 of course. But, e- but even on a larger level than that, let's say that you are um, a very established uh, tattoo artist that's very famous and you get to do your own style of work. So once you become successful, you kind of end up becoming a victim of your own success. Mm. Well, you know, let's say that I do a rose a certain way and and somebody comes in and they love that rose that I did the next person says oh yeah I want to get that that same kind of rose it really doesn't allow you to evolve as an artist because then you're trapped into doing what you've already done even if you want to do it differently and people might tell you oh just do whatever you want but really they're like oh can you do the rose the way you used to do it or the, you know that way and so e- even when you have a little bit of artistic freedom and even when people are coming to you to get what you do it's a very rare artist that's able to uh, have their clientele except they're evolving throughout the career i can think of a few names that there are guys that genuinely have freedom from their clients and, and that's awesome for them i res- you know they, they've they earned every minute of that yeah but that's not typical you know so even even when you're successful doing your own thing you still end up being a slave to you know your own success
0: you know yeah, i would have no idea like yeah. just as a general consumer of tattoo work i don't know how that that's how it was i mean i
1: used to like i used to get is. Well, tradition. I do a lot of American traditional artwork, which is kind of more repeating a similar formula, which is something I enjoyed about it. But um, there are times where you don't want to post something because you know you're going to end up having to do it 15 times. Like it's it's like, oh, man, I don't want to have
0: to do this 15 times. I don't want to like this block of time to have so many of the same yeah, like, tattoo like, come through. Exactly, and and
1: you know. you know, again. But I think for me personally, dealing with that, I just became very grateful for the fact that I had somebody in front of me to, to work on. And and not only that, but a tattoo artists miss the the blessing that that really is, the opportunity to learn about life through, you know, the eyes of so many different types of people. And people are very honest when they're in pain. People don't have time for their appearance or, or, or you know monitoring or censoring themselves when they're in pain they just say how they feel more often
0: than not i can confirm that's true i mean just in the yeah. handful of times that i was in the chair with you personally yeah i've been very truthful with how i was feeling
1: yeah i mean you don't got time for it. i mean like why are you gonna no try to look good you're already you know not like we're, we're here
0: at 11 like you know i'm i'm dying yeah things are closing in i have to tell you like the, my last dying truth before it's too late right and then the tattoo's over by the time i'm done and you're yeah. like oh okay
1: and I and I and I, I I enjoy those moments. That's a that's regardless of all the jobs I've done in the past or whatever. And I I, I really do love people. I've always been somebody that loves people, and so um, that's also a blessing. A lot of tattoo artists do not love people, um, and it becomes kind of a, a hindrance to their enjoying their that profession.
0: Dude, I just have I have so many questions. Like I don't want to get unorganized, but like. What were you doing prior to tattooing? Like, were there a handful of jobs that you worked before that? Or? Sure.
1: Um, let's see. I didn't have a whole bunch of jobs. Um That's the first, good. The first job I ever had was uh, I was like 14 or 15. I worked in a greenhouse, like picking, uh, you know, agriculture and for a farmer's market. And that was really tough work. I had to be there early, and it was – I lived in Palm Springs area at the time. It was, like, 120 degrees in the, in the greenhouse. Jesus. And long sleeve shirt. So I did that for six months, and then I got a job uh, folding newspapers.
0: Fo- folding newspapers? For people that would, you know, hand-deliver newspapers. So you weren't even the guy that was passing them out. You were, like, prepping them to be passed yeah, out. Yeah,
1: because they do the, these, like, little penny savers or, or you know, flyers. There's, there's thousands and thousands of those that go out, and somebody has to fold them so that they can uniformly be thrown into the – yard. And that so, sounds
0: terrible. How long did you last at that? About
1: a year. I did that for a year. It was like uh, three cents a paper. You know, I would get three cents per paper. I think. Was I there
0: a, was there a cap to how much you could earn?
1: Um. Oh, well, I only worked two days a week. Um. Mm, I mean, okay. again, I, this is like I'm f- 15 at this time. Okay. Um. I pro- I remember making like a hundred bucks a week. Working two days back in, I mean, I'm old, so this was like <laughs> gas. I'm not even joking. Gas was like a, a ninety-nine cents back then. I'm not even joking. So you hit me with it. Back in my day, back in yeah, yeah, that was like pff, ninety-four. You're not I'm forty, so I was
0: you're, 1994. nineteen ninety-four. You're fresh forty, though. You just turned forty. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Is, Happy yeah, belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um,
1: yeah. It's. It, I never. I think forty was the last year I envisioned myself ever attaining.
0: So I don't it's know. It's just a bunch of white after this. like after that. I was like forty, man. Maybe <laughs> I'll
1: be forty, but who knows? After this, so I I don't know what's up. You know, I, 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 we're we're experiencing this all together, dude. Now. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it's a great feeling. It's not, but it is. <laughs> it's The um, only feeling. So after I did that, I my, my predominant job that I had before I started tattooing I worked at uh, golf courses. Doing what? All through high school. Cart barn and and like playing golf and, uh, uh, you know, just whatever pertaining to golf. And I mean, I was never like a golf instructor or anything, but I was kind of working towards that for a little bit. And I, I used to enjoy playing golf a lot. And again, that, Palm Springs, there's tons of that there.
0: Have you ever heard of the phrase, there's plenty of golf left? And can you confirm if that statement is true?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: And yes. Mm. Just not for me. I see. Yeah. Just yeah. not for me. It sounds terrible. Yeah. I would not like that at all.
1: Uh yeah,
0: really golf or or uh I think like working at a golf place. It was
1: actually one of my really fun jobs. Well,
0: when you when you compare it up to the greenhouse and the folding of papers, I I would see why that could be more appealing, but
1: well and also I think that the golf course embodied what would become a theme in my in my job in my working environment is kind of a team camaraderie kind of like a group of guys that are behind the scenes, like with their own dialogue and there's a task that needs to be accomplished. But that, that seems to be like the environment I thrive in as far as like my personal satisfaction in work. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I would enjoy working by my, well, it's funny I say that because now I work by myself, but I always have my client, but um, yeah, no, that, that became something that I gravitated towards in the future. And I, I still to this day have remained friends with some of my original coworkers from, you know, 2001, 2002. Wow. Yeah. Some, you know, we worked in the cart barns together. We still talk. So that's, that's, that's actually kind of really cool. Yeah. I'm sentimental that way, though. I don't, I don't like, I, I do genuinely make connections with people and I don't like to squander those or see them gone. You know, I'll, I'm
0: probably not the best friend in the world,
1: but I'm somebody that you'll get a call from every once in a while randomly. You know,
0: um, anyway. I feel like that's still a good quality to have, though. Yeah, it's rare. You know, phones work two ways, but it's nice to get calls sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah, that is. that is true. <laughs> so uh, after the golf place, did you just have like this epiphany? Like what what drew you to? Well, I
1: started going to school and then yeah. I started working. My, I didn't even get to this part. I, I started working at a bank and I did like investment sales. I, I got my securities license. So like, that's
0: like totally different from the golf thing.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it it was like, I'm going to get a real job. Big boy job. Yeah, I mean, I was was 19 or 20, but I was still trying to do something a little bit more established, maybe make a little bit more money. I had a girlfriend at the time, and uh, she ties into this. One day I came home, and she was cheating on me. Whoa. And so um, that kind of really changed my priorities at the time. And so after I broke up with my girlfriend, I really didn't have anything or anyone. I didn't have, like, a whole lot of people around. So I...
0: Were you still working at the bank though, or you quit? I, that? I quit. Yeah. I, I
1: wanted to. I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't enjoy it. Just it was, felt tainted. At that time, it was like after 9-11, and mm. being involved in investing and I was trying to sell variable annuities, fixed annuities back then. It was just not not happening. No, no. Yeah, and, and, you and got it, out. It, it didn't feel good to try to force that on people. Um, sales and being personable are two separate things. I was altogether. about to say. So you have a conscious... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh I, I I thought I was doing well, and I thought I would do well in that industry because I am very personable. However, it's a separate – yeah, anyway. Totally. So after that, being kind of lost in whatever, I worked a retail job at like a hobby store. and um.
0: So you're getting closer to like more of that I just abstract whatever, I, whatever you want. Just I just kinda, needed to make a couple bucks. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: And I, I, I was interested in that stuff at that time. And one day this tattoo artist comes in wants me to, to the fix- hobby store to the hobby store yeah hey can you fix my car yeah sure man i'll fix your car and uh, it comes in again a week later hey man you fix my car yeah sure next time he comes in do you like tattoos which <laughs> is a very common thing for tattoo artists if if, yeah. if we love to barter yeah um it's, it's if we can we will and uh, I, i've always enjoyed that um to me it makes a lot of sense Time for time, or you know, money for compensation. I'm gonna have to earn it anyway. So. But
0: that's that's definitely a skill that you could use to barter. Like it's not just like, hey, I know how to reprogram old floppy disks. Right, right, Do you right. want no, to trade? It, it's something that was <laughs> it's it's a it tangible, sought after. Yeah.
1: And to and to be honest, at that time, like feeling really unsettled in my own life, like I liked that. I, it was cool. It was cool. You know, I was like, oh, tattoos are cool. Yeah, I was super into like like cheesy punk rock music when I was a kid and that whole culture. And so was the guy, his name was Trevor. Trevor was into that same music. So I ended up, you know, going to the shop, fixing the car there instead of at my other job. And one day, like all of the guys were going to work at convention and Trevor was gonna be alone at the shop. And he's like, hey man, can you help me clean up the shop and like hang out? I was like, yeah, sure. I had a blast. Yeah. Um it, there's just like a, uh, it's got an energy to it. Tattoo shops and anyone that's ever gone to that kind of shop where people are hanging out, it's almost like a club more than it is a business. You have your regulars, you have your, it's a very, very established social dynamic. And I don't think it's unique to tattoo shops. I know a lot of barber shops that have a very similar feel. Sure. Um, so, and and I really enjoyed that. I needed that in my life at that time. So after that weekend where I helped them work. Um, you know, it went well and there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that need to get done at a tattoo shop, talking to people, pricing things, cleaning stuff, setting things up. It's a lot of work. And so he asked me, Hey, you want to maybe do this more, more full time? So I was like, yeah. So that was like two, I don't remember 2002 or so. And that was at a shop in Palm desert. And, uh, I just, I really loved it. I loved working
0: at the shop. So you were so you were working at that shop as their kind of help, the shop help.
1: Yeah. I, I, basically, I was like their apprentice, but I wasn't interested in apprenticing, so I didn't get treated like crap mm. because I was just there to re- really just do all the support stuff.
0: Operations. Yeah, and yeah. I was so
1: happy and grateful and, and not to toot my own horn, but I was a, I was always been a pretty good employee. Like I'll, I'll work hard and I'll keep my mouth shut. And um, so, yeah, they, I, that, that lasted for a couple of years like that.
0: At that one shop. At that one shop. With the guy that asked you to fix his car yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah. Wow.
1: It wasn't actually even his car, but one of the other <laughs> artists that he was underneath. There's a hierarchy. Sure. And he, was, he had apprenticed under this guy, and he was still doing his errands. And so, yeah, it, it, but, it, but it worked out. Um, yeah.
0: So what happened after that?
1: Um, I worked there for a couple years, and there's definitely a party element to uh, the tattoo shop environment. Um not always.
0: I was gonna say do you think that's like exclusive or you think a lot of places are like that?
1: I think it varies in level, but mm. I've never really seen a shop that isn't got
0: a little bit of little, shenanigans. Little
1: little bit. Yeah. Or at least we're off work, let's shenanigate, you know, whatever sure, sure. that is. You know. <laughs> um yeah. To it, some degree. Yeah, and I think just the the development in the tattoo industry was of one that it came from more seedy past, um, it came from a more you know rebellious environment. I I've really been surprised in the last few years to see that change. I feel like there's mm-hmm. a lot more legitimate industry that's taking you've, place. You've
0: uh, you've beat me to that punch. That was one of my questions. Oh, well, wait, then so I'll we'll, we'll get on, get on that, that later, yeah. and I have
1: a lot I have a bit to say about that, which I think is awesome, by the way. Um, uh, evolution is good, progression is good, regardless of what vehicle it takes to get there. Sure, uh, but I digress. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so I worked there for a couple of years and uh in that time period I met this guy named Sid. Um in in Orange County and I lived in Palm Springs Palm Desert at the time. And I went in and got tattooed by Sid with one of the other guys I worked with at the Palm Desert shop. And that shop is a lot like you described. The energy was there. Like when you went in, you felt cool. They had cool cars. They had uh you know, cool artwork up and Sid is is truly one of the most uh Kind, embracing people I've ever known to this day. Um, I I have a lot of really positive things I could say about him, but he he never lets anyone feel left out. So when you when you when you hang out there, you're you're part of the part of the party, you know. And if you want to go and and they were very wholesome, you know, like they partied there, but it was like, hey, let's go to the movies and throw popcorn at each other. It
0: wasn't like more (laughs) intense like
1: what I was used to dealing with at the other shop. Yeah, and that was a little bit more my speed. And so I started driving all the way from Palm Desert multiple times a week to go hang out with Sid. I was getting my arm done, so that was a good reason. But really, that shop is just like, if you were in the area, he wanted you to come hang out. You know, he didn't, it didn't matter. You know, it was, it was always very warm and welcoming that way. I kind of just decided, like, I was overworking at the shop in Palm Desert altogether. Um, There were some changes. Trevor had left. You know, things just weren't the same as they once were. Tattoo shops tend to end like relationships all the time. Messy? <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. W- w- ancestrally messy and just – Just yeah. terrible, yeah. like it's, it's a whole thing. It's just drama. Yeah. Um, that's why I think there's so much turnaround in a lot of shops. Uh, and you're dealing with big personalities that were most likely introverted and picked on in high school and now are getting attention. So that can be inflammatory in itself. Yeah, so kind of kept going into Sid. And I kind of told him like, "Hey, man, I, I really would like to work for you. I'd really like to come and move into this area." And and you know, looking back now, I mean, he was hit up by so many different people all the time.
0: I was going to ask like, I, all I the bet time. that's pretty common for all the people to be. Like, hey, let me apprentice like, here. Like, hey, I, let me apprentice. And, I, and for I, you. I don't
1: think I even realized how often it
0: was it, until after I started working there. It doesn't really work like that, though, right? Like you can't just go to a tattoo parlor and say, "Hey, I want to." I did, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean now. Like, that's uh, just and not I how put it in works.
1: my well, and, and I had an advantage because, like, I knew the industry. I had some experience with the industry. I, I was very um, compliant. Uh, the The cool thing about the shop in Palm Desert is they did do things the old school way, right? For the most part, it wasn't kind of like there. There was like a, a shift in the dynamics of of you know the sociological relationships of tattoo artists and apprentices and clients and. And Sid is definitely an old-school shop, and the shop I worked at was was pretty old-school, too. So I kind of understood all of the quote-unquote values, you know, the unspoken rules, and so I think he liked that. Yeah. And that's not something that's e- as easy to find, you know, in somebody that wants to apprentice, usually you have to start them out at ground zero. Me, I kind of had a leg up. Baseline. I was already right. used to running a shop. I was already used to managing a shop, and really, like, aside from the title of apprentice, I was very used to the work so um, so that
0: that palm desert uh shop was probably like a stepping stone it was great yeah yeah. no
1: i'm very grateful for my time there and to all the people there uh troy i don't think the shop is there anymore but troy the owner was always really nice to me marty and trevor both um you know we had a lot of good times a lot of bad times but i I really think of both of them very positively so um but I, i they were kind of i think I kind of, I, don't, I wouldn't say I burn a bridge, but I think they were—they were disappointed. The owner, ironically enough, was not. But the guys I—I I spent time with, Trevor and Marty—I think they were disappointed in when I went to go learn with Sid. You know, um, but that was something I really wanted to do. And 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 so one day he said, "Yeah, man, if you want to come apprentice, you know, come apprentice." And so I started. I think that was in in two thousand five. Can't did, remember if it's oh five or oh six.
0: Did you have any prior experience with art or artistic? At that things? by that time, yes. Okay. I,
1: by that time, I had been drawing for. I mean, I always like to draw, but but by that time, I had been drawing for a couple of years, and in and drawing tattoo art for a couple of years, and cool. I wasn't painting. That was something that Sid taught me how to do, but I could I could draw a little bit. I mean, the funny thing about tattooing, and the reason for such a lot of the d- dynamics of the shop relationship is. You don't really have to be a great artist to be a good tattooer. Mm. You, but you can't be a great tattooer even if you're a great artist. So just because you have the ability to draw doesn't mean you have the ability to tattoo well. It's a separate skill set. It's a skill set that can be taught. It's a skill set that is easy – not easy, but it's possible to learn it and become good at it. So that's why people with a lot of artistic ability, they need both halves to become a whole And the one half without the other doesn't make them complete. Something
0: could look really good on paper and and because I've known some dang
1: good tattooers that really didn't draw. Yeah, but they would put out nice, clean, clean. good-looking tattoos because there's a process to it that you follow, and you could be good at that application process, Mm -hmm. and that's separate. Um, Because of that, for you know the first eighty years that tattooing was an industry, shop to shop kept all of their techniques very secretive there was not you know you didn't get this information shared about uh, to me even, even being what i think i'm newer in the in industry even though it's you know been there a little bit now um i i still can't get over how much you can learn about tattooing just from watching a, you know a reality show i mean those were bits of information that i had to mop floors for a year for no money You're like now someone can just
0: subscribe to netflix and watch it
1: yeah no i mean honestly, man. Yeah. I've been on YouTube and I've watched like the tattooing tutorials. You could get a really good, solid base apprenticeships worth of knowledge if you knew which information to listen to and which information mm-hmm. not to listen to. Yeah. But there is a lot of correct, accurate information that just random people are throwing up on YouTube, and a lot of it is correct. A lot of it's garbage, but a lot of it is actual like okay, that's yes, that's how you do it, and so you know. I don't, Again, that kind of takes us back to that same – the progression of the industry and how it's changed. That's a great thing for people getting tattoos, and that's a great thing for people that are interested in seeing tattoo art progress because obviously you get more people. It's not the best thing for the industry of tattooing. It's not the best thing to make money off of tattooing. Um, but whatever. I mean that's evolution. Sure. You know? I, am, I, am I sad to see? It's, it's different making money today than it was you know, 15 years ago the The way you do it, the methods behind it is just is just way different. Yeah, and that and that becomes very. Um, it's not really the arena I wanted to enter into when I became a tattooer. I didn't want to have to become like a social media self promoting guru, you know. And I, I kind of just opt out. You know, I just do different with for me personally. But yeah, that's a separate topic altogether again.
0: When, uh, when you first started you know, your, your apprenticeship with, with Sid, did you already kind of know like the style of art you wanted to yeah. learn? Yeah. Well, I
1: was always drawn towards traditional. Okay. Uh, um, th- there's something about it that – well, first, I it, like th- that it gives you an established system of rules. Uh, it gives you a genre to work inside of. I, first of all, I like the way it looked too. I think it's cool. I think me too. That's why I yeah. have
0: two arms worth of art collected from mostly you, actually. Yeah. Um. In in that same style.
1: Yeah, and and there's something very American about it. Is is few things that America has that's actually its own. Um, I mean, even tattoo art is is not really its own, but we we do tend to make something undeniably American. Yeah, and uh, you know, good or bad, without you know, I just I'm I'm American, you know, and that's something that I always appreciated, and so I loved looking at old sailors' tattoos, old artwork, and then hearing the stories and the reasons behind all of those images was something that I became you know really uh, excited about. Yeah, I I still am, and I like the op. You know, you can make a wheel round, but you can keep making it rounder and rounder and rounder and rounder without changing what it is, and it's really just how good can I do this thing that's already been established? You don't have to reinvent it. You don't have to. You just have to give it your all. You have to, you know, do it justice as best you can. Yeah. And there's a lot of satisfaction in that for me. Like, I don't mind doing the same, Eagles and Panthers, and I I really
0: enjoy it. You know. How, how long would you say, like, if you had to guess, like, from your inception as a apprentice to like the first time you actually tattooed regular skin?
1: Like from Sid? Yeah. Um, Working
0: under him As his apprentice A year apprentice. to okay. the day
1: That was the rule Yeah You didn't touch A tattoo machine Until you'd been doing The apprentice work For a year And, and uh, thanks to Klaus Burkhardt Who has my first tattoo Shout out to Klaus Yeah I, I will never forget that It's a, <laughs> it's still healing I think um, <laughs> uh, Since 2006 I think um, Yeah So and, and a lot of You know Friends And the 13th tattoo I did on myself even So Wow really Yeah I did And uh that was a really exciting and stressful time. And talk about being – I was around something for so long, and when I started, I was like, oh, man, I have no clue. Yeah. Like this is – it didn't feel overwhelming. I just felt like, oh, wow, this is this is a whole new thing that I have to learn. Totally. And, uh, you know, I had good resources and good support for that, which was cool.
0: That is cool. If you had to guess, like, ballpark, obviously, this is not a, a – Figure that you would know thousands. Like, you think of people put, or, or actual tattoos? No, no. How many tattoos do you think you've done? In thousands. Your, your career, yeah. thousands.
1: Yeah, probably thousands. I mean, not not like high thousands, but like, I mean, yeah, I've worked pretty steady for what is it? I don't even know how many years it is. Fifteen years now.
0: Wow. Um. So, what do you think? Like the weirdest place of the body that you've tattooed was.
1: Um, it's not really weird anymore. Like I've never really tattooed any any place crazy. You know, mm-hmm. I've never tattooed like a scrotum or an eyeball or anything like that. I've never done that. Um, I've tattooed like a girl's cat's name on the underside of her butt cheek. Like I w- mm. I was about as close as I could have gotten to areas you don't want to go to. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, to write the word Mika. I hope she eventually somehow hears this and knows that I'm talking about her. <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah. That uh,
0: means more people need to stream the podcast. That's,
1: that's right. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I tat- that was kind of like a, it was her first tattoo, and I was like, there, you know, like it was a really interesting place to get first tattoo. I've tattooed some butts before. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It's not really weird for me anymore.
0: Yeah. Like it's just a body part. I,
1: if, if, if people were to like comment, like, oh,
0: that tattoo you did
1: was weird there. I'll probably acknowledge it. Like, oh, yeah, it, no, is. But, weird, it is. But weird. it really is just kind of like you do a lot of weird stuff. So,
0: What do you think, like, that you can remember at least was, like, the craziest, like, tattoo idea or request that someone had that you're like, what?
1: I don't even know, man.
0: Like, it's, there's, there's probably just so many. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it, and, and believe it or not, I actually get asked this question frequently, and I don't ever have a good answer. I mean, there's been some some wacky ones.
0: Like what's like a funny one you could think of if you had to think like if someone held a gun to your head right now, and said, "Tell me a funny tattoo." I mean, the a girl got.
1: Uh, can I be inappropriate? Of course, a you girl can. got
0: cum dumpster tattooed on the
1: inside of her lip. <laughs> I was like, which lip? Uh, no, the, yeah. <laughs> okay. the, I mean, is any of them okay? But, no. Uh, yeah, That's why I had to ask. Yeah, I, w- I just thought to myself, classy,
0: super classy. But whatever. But I you mean, did the tattoo and everything was great. Yeah, I get
1: paid, man. Of course. You got a big money. That's what I'm there for. You know? <laughs>
0: well, that's Probably wouldn't have done it on her, on her forehead. That's I, what I'm asking. But I would do it on her lip, yeah. That's what I'm asking. Like, you have lines that you won't cross. Like, I'm not going to yes, tattoo this. I minute.
1: actually do have some very, very strong things that I have never. I will never do anything racially motivated. I'll never do any. I never have. I never would. I would never do any swastikas. I would never do any in in any direction. I yeah. try not to. The first test that I have to pass is: Do I feel this is negative? Mm. And if something is overly negative, and I'm not talking like you know ironic or whatever, but like like if I feel like this is going to create animosity in the world, I'd, I'm not going to do it. Like, yeah, I, I just won't.
0: I feel like that's a good rule to have.
1: Yeah, I, I don't need to put that out there.
0: Yeah. Like tattoo artists in general, I feel like are already have kind of a bad rap. If you don't really know the guy, deservedly so. <laughs> you don't need you don't need to exacerbate that exactly. by putting a flaming symbol of whatever. I had on this anybody. one guy come
1: in with like one tooth left. Yeah, I hope that tooth one is hanging t- in there. <laughs> one yeah. tooth in his whole mouth. He's like, "Yeah, I just got out. He's got uh, one oh, tooth left. Got out." Um, white dude. Yeah. Uh, on his shoulder. He has a tattoo, the Wonder Bread lo- logo, but it says "100% white bread," like B R E D. Oh, and he's like, "Y'all, y- 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 y'all do any, uh, you know, racially uh, motivated tattoos?" And I
0: was like, "That was his question specifically." Yeah. Whoa.
1: And I was like, well, I try not to. Like, well, what, what, what do you mean? And he's like, well, it's, it's not that bad. It's more of just like a me, you know, believing in myself. And I'm like, all right, well, well what do you want to get tattooed? And he's like, uh, I want to get white power written down my ribs. And I'm like, no, man, no, <laughs> like, I'm, no. I'm have to say
0: no on that yeah,
1: I'm, yeah, nah, no, I'm not. And I just try to explain to him, i said, like, you know, you have the right to feel however you want about, you know, your nationality, ethnicity, whatever. But that's just not something I'm going to put out in the world, you know? Yeah. Like, Yeah. And I wouldn't do it in any direction, you know? It's just best to just stay out of that. People don't need to be getting involved in that, you know?
0: Well, that's good. That's good that you have a baseline.
1: Yeah, that's, that's one of my standards. I have others, too.